let's get ready for some serious shift. This is a podcast, Shifting Inside Out, hosted by your quantum shifter, Angie McCourt. We are diving into ways to empower and enable a quantum shift. Inspiring topics, hacks, and guest speakers take us on a journey around authenticity, challenging status quo, personal power, and living a purpose-filled life. I'm excited for this episode for two big reasons. One is I have Beverly Joyer on, and she's just absolutely amazing, and she's going to share some um, of her incredible journey as well as some really great habits, tips, and practices for remote working as well as being on the road and traveling. And she's going to share something that's really interesting and special that most people have never even considered in their career um, that she actually did for seven years of her career. The other part that's really exciting about this episode is this is the first episode that I had the guest in person. We actually did this in my studio in downtown Inverness, so it was really exciting to actually be able to do something in person for the podcast. So I'm really excited about what Beverly is going to share with you, and she is just a joy, and you're going to really have a lot of fun listening to this episode. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode as you listen. You can find me on LinkedIn at Angie Belts McCourt and on Instagram at Angie underscore McCourt. So without further ado, let's hear from Beverly. All right, Beverly, welcome to Shifting Inside Out. I am so grateful to have you on this episode. To get started, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Hello, Angie. I'm Beverly Joyer, and uh, I think we've known each other for a couple of years now, mm-hmm. and I'm excited to be here and honored to be your guest. Um, to give you a little bit of background about myself, I am a mom mm-hmm. of a 26-year-old son who is currently a first lieutenant in the U.S. Army. Fantastic. And... Uh, Lives a little bit away from his mom, so that's hard at times. But um, my professional career, I'm in the pharmaceutical business. I've been in the pharmaceutical business for about the last 26 years, um, changing companies one time in my Mm -hmm. career. Uh, Started out in sales, and then, as we're going to talk about today a little bit, um, transitioned into a training role. And then decided to go back out into the field into sales again in a more specialized um, arena. Mm -hmm. So have had a great long career with pharmaceuticals and um, love what I'm doing. Fantastic. I love it. So we're going to start with just a few questions, quick round questions that the listeners can get to know you a little bit better. So to start out, why don't you share what is your morning ritual? So I do have a very regimented ritual in the mornings. Um, I find that structure in my life makes me much more effective and efficient. So every morning I get up at the same time at 7 a.m. and I get dressed immediately, make my bed every morning, as um, many of you may have heard of the first Make Your Bed book. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, have read I that. definitely <laughs> buy into that. <laughs> So make my bed and have my first accomplishment of the day in the first 10 minutes, Um, get up, walk my dog, always have a cup of coffee sitting out on the back porch to reflect and take a few minutes in the morning before I start my day and 
get into the fast pace of my life. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's beautiful. And Lulu is just a great little inspiration <laughs> of energy. <laughs> yes, she is. <laughs> that's her little her little um, French bulldog, right? Correct. Did I say that right? Okay. Yes. She's so cute. Um, which is probably an, another addition to how do you renew your energy? <laughs> yes. Well, I think that's really important. And as I mentioned, I think a lot of how I renew my energy is through structure. Mm-hmm. So I know we've talked a couple of times about this in the past, but I have probably in the last year gone to a very regimented sleep-wake cycle. Um, I go to bed every night at 11 o'clock, and I get up every morning at 7 a.m. And if that ritual is broken, um, I don't sleep in later to make up for it, but try immediately to get back into the routine. And I really find that I have a lot more energy mm. having, you know, a good eight hours of sleep every night. So mm-hmm. that's how I renew my energy. Oh, and sleep is so important. And, you know, the the whole um, scientific premise around circadian rhythms is yes. it basically says to do that exactly what you're doing. Yes. And I can tell you, I see a huge difference. Mm -hmm. Um, As my son was away at college and, you know, life becomes less structured. Mm -hmm. uh, I had a tendency to go to bed when I wanted to go to bed and get up when I needed to get up. And I definitely was starting to feel more fatigued during the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Um, The other thing I think is I also turned vegetarian and took all uh, meat products out of my diet. And I feel like that, again, was a major increase in my energy level. Wow. Oh, yes. that's fantastic. And you need to share some of your recipes with yes. me. <laughs> How you get protein in there. Right. Love it. Now, what is your guilty pleasure? Oh, Angie, I hope there's no judgment passed here. <laughs> I don't judge. <laughs> if I'm being totally transparent on my guilty pleasure, it is watching 90 Day Fiance every Sunday night. <laughs> I find it very interesting um, to watch it through the perspective of human nature mm. and uh, find it very entertaining at the same time. <laughs> Are you into reality shows? Definitely a unique thing. Um, that's why I laugh about passing judgment because it's kind of <laughs> not a character for me, but I definitely enjoy it. I'm more of a kind of drama girl, mm-hmm. but um, definitely enjoy 90 Day Fiance. Very good. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing. <laughs> All right. So um, one of the things I'm really excited about having you on this episode is that you've had a really interesting journey. You shared a bit around your pharmaceutical career and some of the shifts and changes that you made in that career. There's a there's a part of this that I can't wait for you to share with the listeners that just blows my mind. And I'll let them clue in to what that part of your journey is. But I would love for you to just go ahead and start as far back as you'd like and just Share with us your journey. Sure. Well, uh, as I mentioned, very young in my career, I definitely got involved in the pharmaceutical industry and started out in a sales position and probably didn't realize how lucky I was to have um, joined an industry where you every day have the opportunity to make a difference in patients' lives. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I know sometimes there's different perceptions or opinions of the pharmaceutical industry, but truly they invest so much money into research and education and supporting patients. What I feel like I get out of bed every day to do and have for the past 25 plus years is really to impact patients' lives mm -hmm. and to help them have a better quality of life mm -hmm. through the medications that we provide. Mm -hmm. So um, probably didn't realize that when I was younger and started in this industry, but certainly as my career has evolved, it has really crystallized and become very clear to me um, why I needed to be in this role doing what I'm doing. Mm, that's awesome. So um, you mentioned that you started out in sales in this in this journey. And how, how many years were you doing sales before you switched into training? And what so, was that all about? <laughs> yes. So I was about 18 years in the pharmaceutical industry. And I truly did have a passion for learning and education. So I had the opportunity to go into a training role. Um, I think the caveat to that training role was that I needed to travel every week. Our office was headquartered in Chicago, so flying from Florida to Chicago. And then the weeks that I didn't fly to Chicago, I would be out in the field with the sales reps and or the managers or leadership mm -hmm. um, in different parts of the country. So in essence, I probably traveled 48 to 50 weeks a month or a year, sorry, um, for about seven years of my career. Wow. I will never complain about my three plus hour a day commute again. Well, it's funny, Angie, oh that you say that because it, I would take the 6 a.m. flight mm -hmm. every Monday morning, return on this Thursday 6 p.m. flight, and when I would get to the office because of the added hour that I would gain, I would be in the office before the people that were commuting <laughs> from down the street. <laughs> Oh my goodness, that's crazy. Yeah. And even in the winter, you did this. Even in the winter. And only one time, I tell people, because they ask me all the time, I say only one time that I ever not bring a coat because it's so hard when you're leaving 80, 90, 100 degree weather mm -hmm. to really be able to process in your brain that it's snowing mm -hmm. and it is in the teens. <laughs> so only one time did I go without a coat. Wow. wow. <laughs> That was a big part of my decision uh -huh. because I wanted to wait. I was a single parent mm -hmm. raising my son, and so I wanted to wait until he was out of high school. Mm -hmm. There was a minor overlap of about six months mm -hmm. towards the end of his high school career mm -hmm. that I did commute and have this position where my mom truly stepped in oh. and helped take care That's of him. Awesome. But um, it, it really, the majority of my traveling was following his high school graduation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was probably actually a good boot camp for him before he went to West Point. Yes. something occurs or doesn't occur yeah. but when you get past it and you reflect mm -hmm. back you know mm -hmm. even if it doesn't feel like it's the most comfortable thing or that it fits yes. with 
the, you know, the structure that you have at that time. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Yes. Now, when you started this, like how hard was it to get into that routine? It was really hard. Yeah. Um, you know, the first few months, it was exciting. And very quickly, I realized that you need to have some semblance of normal, mm-hmm. that you need to have a routine, that just because you're traveling, you can't be eating out at fancy restaurants every night <laughs> and, you know, going to bed whenever, again, mm-hmm. that you do need some type of routine. Mm-hmm. So very quickly, I realized that it was really important about how could I find some type of normalcy in this very not normal world. Yeah. So I started realizing little things were super important to that. And one of the things that I would do is, of course, I would always stay at the same hotel. Mm-hmm. Um, That's and great. Not only the same hotel, but I would try to stay in the same hotel room. Mm-hmm. And if I couldn't get the same hotel room, you know, if you if you've ever really stayed in a hotel, all the rooms on all the floors at a certain level are all the same rooms so definitely because I would find you know if you wake up in the middle of the night and you're a little disoriented being in the same room consistently really helped with that and you know the hotel staff was very nice I they began to really know me Mm -hmm. Um, so that was important and then other things were important too about maybe going home or being at the hotel at a certain time so that you could have a, I could have a wind down period Mm -hmm. because sometimes we stay out late when we're not in our normal environment. And then we think, Oh, we're just going to go to bed and get up in the morning and start it all over again. So finding some time to make sure that some of the rituals that I would do Mm -hmm. in the evening were able to be followed through. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. And then did you miss home? did. It took a while, though. I will say, um, I think I was so wrapped up in how much I loved what I was doing. And okay. I felt like I was having a big impact on the organization that distracted me. And I think it also helped in the transition of my son going so far away to mm-hmm. New York to go to school. Um, you know, we had, in essence, been together every day of his life. Mm-hmm. Um, so it kind of provided a nice kind of smoother transition um, at that time in our lives for both he and I. Mm-hmm. And it also allowed me the opportunity to see him some weekends that oh, instead yeah. of flying home, I would go to New York and spend the weekend and see him. That's so, awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, I would say I was very blessed to be able to have all that work out in my life in mm-hmm. that time. Okay, so fast forward now, uh, and you did that for seven years. I did that for seven years <laughs> wow. every day, and I loved every day of it, but it was very strange because mm-hmm. I feel like I woke up one morning and I was like, I don't think I want to do this anymore. It's time for me to do something else. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoy the customer interactions of my sales job, mm-hmm. and I was beginning to miss that. Mm-hmm. I was beginning to miss the, the the knowledge and like interactions with the healthcare providers and trying to figure out solutions to problems and helping them mm-hmm. um, serve patients. And I felt like I was a little removed from that. Mm-hmm. So it's the strangest thing, but again, <laughs> believing in fate and destiny and that there's a plan, I would say within a week, I had an opportunity to go back to an advanced position mm-hmm. in sales 
in my hometown. Mm -hmm. So it all worked out that I was able to make that transition. That's fantastic. Yeah. And, you know, I think, um, you know, sometimes we get that nudge. It's like, oh, either you need to go do this or oh, it's time to shift gears again. Whatever the, the, the timing of and what's switching or what's changing, it's that nudge that you gotta listen yes. to. Yeah, for sure. What would I advise people mm-hmm. who maybe had the opportunity to work remote or travel like I did? And I think one of the things that really paved the path for me, not knowing at the time that I was paving the path, is I would always, every single week, make two goals for myself. Mm -hmm. And the first one was that I would reach out to someone that I didn't know. Mm -hmm. And I would arrange to meet with them, whether it was in the corporate coffee shop, um, and connect with them. And I mean, people from departments that we probably never knew existed, (laughs) whether it was operations, whether it was data, Mm -hmm. IT, um, whether it was marketing, but people that I did not and would not be expected to interact with. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to expand my network and being a salesperson by heart, we do that naturally. Mm -hmm. So I think it was a behavior that like I needed to fulfill, but I can tell you it's definitely what made the transition when I needed the transition to happen quickly Mm -hmm. because I was constantly reaching out. So I would always reach out to someone that I didn't know, introduce myself and make arrangements to meet for 30 minutes and have a cup of coffee or interact. And then the second thing that I always did is once a week, I would have dinner with someone that I did work with Mm -hmm. that I felt like I needed to continue to develop, but maybe a deeper relationship with so that I kind of call it like making deposits. Mm -hmm. You don't want to just go to someone that you have a very surface relationship with when you have an issue and you need to make a withdrawal if you haven't made any deposits. So um, I worked hard and tried to invest myself mm-hmm. into getting to know others within my organization. And it made it very easy in commuting because I could do those two things every single week. Yeah. And that's what made the transition back out to the field so easy mm-hmm. because whether or not you're planning or thinking, if you'd have asked me in the middle of that career or that position where you where you are going to go back out in sales I probably would have said probably not you know I might stay in-house and try to do something there but when it did hit me that I really want to go back out thank heavens I had made those connections grown those connections that people knew me knew who mm-hmm. I was knew who I were mm-hmm. yeah and and you know for being out in the field which means you're by yourself but you're still dependent on a lot of other yes. people to do your job absolutely. <laughs> that's the best investment you could make absolutely yeah yes. it was very strategic but also you know it was very purposeful yes like having your time not just spent on everybody else's agenda yes and just the you know the the agenda of the work but your purposeful agenda, yes. which that does make, I could feel that difference and how yes. that would be in, in that different environment. And it's like, oh, what, who do I get to go see this week? Right, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, and, and having the opportunity to schedule those out in advance and not being afraid to approach people above you. Mm-hmm. Because some of the best relationships that I developed are with people that were much higher level than I was. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
you know, we're all just people at the end of the day, yeah. and we're all here trying to achieve the same goal. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, do you do you have any other tips besides the same hotel room? You know, kind of establishing your your a goal or two yes. goals or something while you're on this travel and and trying to hold structure. Like, what kind of tips can you give around that? Yes. So I am a Peloton rider. Mm-hmm. So definitely, the hotel that I stayed at actually had a Peloton. Perfect. So I was able to maintain <laughs> my exercise schedule. Um, I think being very cautious of your eating. Mm-hmm. It's very easy when you're eating out four or five days a week to have that get out of control very quickly. Mm -hmm. So I think monitoring and thinking about that. And sometimes that included going to the grocery store and then going back to my room Mm -hmm. and not eating out every single night. Yeah. Um, That's a good point. (laughs) And then little things like I had um, uh, oils that, you know, were a familiar scent mm-hmm. that I could put into the hotel room. Nice. Um, and some of the hotels I know even now provide that mm-hmm. because it's so important, especially to business travelers. Mm-hmm. But And if I could ever get a hotel room, make sure that it had like a chair so that you weren't just going into the room and going to bed. Yeah. That the room was more than that. Mm, that's a good point. So that you're, it's actually also kind of the structure of mini home. Yes. Yes. You want to make sure that you have a chair that you can sit in, whether you're, you know, most of them have a desk, but they don't all have like a, a chair. And so if you want to sit and watch TV and unwind mm-hmm. for 30 minutes or an hour, mm-hmm. you don't want to have to be in bed. Mm-hmm. Again, I think it's part of that. And that can cause trouble falling asleep. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So that way you're sitting in the chair, you're watching TV. If you need to work, there are usually always a desk in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think controlling the hours in the office. When I first started, I would say for the first couple of years, I was going in before the sun rose and I was coming out before the or after the sun set. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, that started to be exhausting. Yeah. And so I think really, again, making sure that you're trying to have a normal schedule and don't become consumed because it really doesn't improve the quality of your work. Yeah. You have to unplug and unwind. Mm -hmm. I think the other thing too, is a lot of times people feel like when others are traveling into their hometown, like their, their, their space that they have to entertain them. Yes. But I think there's, and then, and then the people coming in feel this pressure, you know, they're like, Oh, I would really just love to go read my book. Right. Or I would really love to just be in the room or go work out or, or go for a walk or something. Yes. But now I feel obligated because this person's being so kind and inviting me out to dinner and I have yes. to go. Guess what, everybody, you don't have to do either side of that. coin. Exactly. You know, just release some of the expectations and just say, Hey, are, do you want to do this or no? It's not a big deal if you right. don't, because I have my own kids and work and stuff going on too. Um, but I'm just trying to host or host yes. it, you know? So I think that, um, now that everybody's starting to travel again, let's just release some of the grip we used to have on this type of stuff because it does wear you down. It does. Yeah. Completely. I completely agree. Mm-hmm. And being in an industry where there were a lot of folks traveling, um, I think people have caught on to that, but you're right. We haven't done it in so long. In Mm -hmm. fact, I've started traveling again now and I traveled last week and I traveled this week and it's kind of like shocking to Uh go back to it. (laughs) (laughs) I keep hearing that from folks. Yeah. Yeah. 
And then, it, and then it's like, again, back to let's question what's the purpose of the travel? Now, you're obviously yes. in field sales. You have to see yes. clients. But a lot of people are in that in that boat. And, you know, a lot of clients have worked, have moved to remote working, right? So they're yes. not even in an office. So it's like, okay, well, what's the purpose of me going to that office versus if I have a really, really deep connection via Zoom or video, you know, call? Absolutely. Or name your flavor of, of video yes. conferencing. But, you know, it's, it's really... Um, we got to break some of the old traditional kind of what we assumed was the way of engagement. Cause guess what? We didn't have to do that for two plus years and it worked. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. That's exactly right. And I agree with you. And I do think it's, it's thinking about like, what is the added value mm-hmm. on needing to have a live interaction versus yes. a virtual interaction? Mm-hmm. Because we were all forced to become experts. Yeah. At virtually interacting. Yes. Mm-hmm. So true. So now yes. if you look back at the seven years you did that and now knowing that we've been able to make this transition, um, what are your thoughts on that? Like, does it feel like it was a self-sacrifice and it's so not necessary now? I mean, what are your thoughts on how that? So it's interesting <laughs> um, that you asked that. So I had come out in the field for almost not quite an, a complete year so i had been back out in the field in sales from training for about eight months mm-hmm. when COVID hit mm-hmm. and literally it was a situation where we were called in march and told no more you know live interactions until you know you hear from us mm-hmm. so it went from going out every single day monday through friday get up go out make calls to all of a sudden, what do we do? Because we've never done anything else. We've never done this job any other way. Um, So it forced us, number one, to become experts on virtual interactions, Zoom, you know, Microsoft Teams. Mm -hmm. And we had none of the equipment. We had none of the skills to do that. Mm -hmm. And the interesting thing was, though, that our customers were very open. Mm And they needed to learn those skills and practice those skills as well because that's how they were seeing their patients. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of telemedicine going on. Yeah. Um, so it, it was a very quick transition, but it was a very forced transition. However, I will say I think there's I think of nothing but positivity out of the changes. Mm-hmm. I think about how it's ex- infected my life personally. Mm-hmm. And the way I live every day, and I see nothing but positivity. Mm-hmm. I feel like I was kind of on the hamster wheel yeah. of being so busy, not even just at work, but outside of work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, cram schedules, every, you know, everybody pulling you right and left. And all of a sudden, it was like a reset. That's mm-hmm. what I say. It was kind of like a reset. Yeah. And I think now we're very strategic. I know I personally am very strategic about thinking about how am I going to go back to some kind of balance mm-hmm. um, between what was 100% virtual where I didn't leave my house mm-hmm. to now finding some kind of hybrid between being virtual and having live interactions. Yeah. Now, if you look back at the, the seven years you did the training job, could you do that virtually? Absolutely, positively, yes. Yeah. And it's being done. Mm-hmm. Again, I think there was a need for equipment upgrades mm-hmm. that we never wanted to invest in mm-hmm. because 
it was we knew live right like it it i think it eventually would have occurred it just occurred super quick <laughs> yeah yeah um, it was skill development you mm-hmm. know we all took skill development on how to have effective interactive um, training as well as customer interactions. How do you have an effective interaction with a customer mm-hmm. virtually? Because mm-hmm. to think that you tr- do the exact same thing that you do live is is probably not realistic. Mm-hmm. There's definitely things that are different, but um, it forced us to like move into the future. I think much quicker. Yeah. I don't think we would have done it. Yeah. Now um, you mentioned the hamster wheel. So kind of taking that, you know, where either it's commute or it was, you know, driving to um, doctor's offices or or offices that you would go to, or it was traveling on a plane. um, As you've even now still gotten back so much of that time, how has that changed in the work and home environment for you? Um, Definitely more balanced for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, I, like I mentioned, I've become very regimented, like in my, uh, personal schedule when Mm -hmm. I go to bed when I exercise what I eat Mm -hmm. when you're on the road and being pulled in 10 different places it's very difficult to keep that up and I do find there are definitely days that I'm like oh no I gotta get up it's you know at six instead of seven because if not I can't I don't have time to exercise Mm -hmm. Um, so what's more important is it more important but at least I'm making a conscious decision on what I think is best for me. Yeah, and you have that choice. Yes, mm-hmm. definitely. Yeah, that's interesting. And um, another thing that I feel like with COVID that it really allowed me is I was kind of like tracking to a eight, 10 year, you know, thinking about retirement plan. And I always thought I would retire in Floral City. Mm-hmm. And I one day woke up and I realized, why am I waiting? Yeah. What am I waiting for? <laughs> you know, I want to be there why am I not doing this now? So I really started to evaluate like what I was waiting for, what I was afraid of, Mm -hmm. what I was thinking might be uh, the drawback to moving. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I couldn't, I couldn't come up with enough reasons why I wasn't doing it. Mm -hmm. So decided one day to put my house on the market. And literally within four days, I had 10 offers on my house and I realized, okay, I started this training, so it's we're going forwards. But I can tell you, by far, without question, it's the best thing I ever did. Mm-hmm. And it overshadowed any negative thing that came out of COVID because it was such a life-changing yes. experience. Totally agree. That's the exact same thing that happened with John and I, too. It was we weren't planning on moving up here for another five or six years. And we ended up saying, it's literally, as soon as we both got the notice, hey, you're, everybody's going virtual. We went, we're going where we want to be. Yes. And I think a lot of people have made those shifts over the past couple of years is I want to live where I want to live. I don't want to be tied to an office. I don't want to have to live in a city or in the suburb and have a huge commute into that office. Like having the the workforce um, decentralized, but, but living where they want to live, I think is a huge benefit to having first of all just the talent but also the engagement and also the you know the the fact that you get people who are happy and balanced because now they're not on that hamster wheel trying to live in a space that they don't really want to be at or, or they're outgrown um and they're just ready to move into a different you know a different way of living i think too because like up here 
yeah. we're physically together in the room right yes. now in our studio, but up here, it's much slower pace yes. than where we were at with you in St. Pete and, and, and us in, in Lutz and Tampa. So it makes such a difference to be able to have where you feel like you've got a bit of control over your life and the speed at which you're living it. Yes. And location does make a difference. Well, I <laughs> attest to that more. You know, I think um, one of the things I realized is it was the speed of what was going on around me. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to describe, but it's a totally different speed. Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, I never look back. Mm -hmm. I have never one day said, I don't know that I made the right decision. Mm -hmm. I mean, it has been such a positive thing for me that I have never regretted it a single day. In fact, so much that my brother and sister-in-law saw how happy Mm -hmm. I was up here. And they ended up buying a house Moving up here, my brother changed his job. My sister-in-law just left a job, a career that she had been in for 30 years and started a new career so that she could work remotely. Mm -hmm. And then lastly, my mother, who was a fourth-generation St. Petersburg native, Mm -hmm. um, left St. Petersburg and moved up here as well. And and the the sense of family Mm -hmm. and the the speed of everything here is just so enjoyable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we've even found like the things that interest us and our hobbies have all changed. (laughs) And you know, it's interesting too, we've gone back to Lutz a few times and I just remember literally driving through down 54 going, oh my God, thank God we moved. Because there's so much more traffic, there's so many more people, there's so much more building going up, and I'm like, no freaking way. I was not going to be doing that at this time in my life. I'm done with all that. No (laughs) No suburbs, no HOAs. Absolutely. (laughs) You know, I couldn't agree more. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, I say sometimes, I kind of feel like it's putting a whole bunch of animals in one cage, and of course there's going to be fights and conflicts. (laughs) When you have a little more space, mm-hmm. you get out of that feeling yes. of like, you know, like people are encroaching and coming into your space. <laughs> so I, I couldn't be happier. Yeah. Although yeah. I feel like I don't want to sell it too hard. I know. Shh, I'm going to bleep out the city. <laughs> Wait, what was that city? Bleep. <laughs> John and I always say that. People stop advertising our town. I know. It's I really know. small. You won't like yeah. it. <laughs> not a, there's no shopping mall here. No, we don't even have a Home Depot. We do have a Lowe's, but it's 30 minutes away. Yeah, that right. kind of place. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's fantastic. So um, if you, if you, you know, kind of look ahead. And where you think about where your journey is headed, like what what, did, what are you open to? Like what are the possibilities there? So I always feel like I'm completely open. I, and I know it's kind of cliche, but I always say I never say never mm-hmm. because um, sometimes I think there's a need for you to fill in, in an organization and maybe that's not what you've planned on. But, you know, I have... I'm going in my 14th year of pharmaceuticals, and I think um, if the organization needs me to help fill a role or fill a gap, then I'm always open to mm-hmm. hearing that. Um, I don't know that ideally I would go back to traveling 
every single week. Mm -hmm. But um, again, I never say never. Mm -hmm. I'm really enjoying the pace of my life today. Yeah. I've really um, connected with being back out in the field, back with my mm -hmm. customers. I like controlling my schedule. Mm -hmm. Um, I enjoy even the ability to be able to choose whether an interaction should be virtual or should be live. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes that changes, you know, mm -hmm. sometimes it's the same customer and you see them a few times virtually and then you go see them live. Mm -hmm. um, so Switch it up. Yes. Yes. So I'm not sure what the future holds for me, but I'm certainly open and I wake up every morning excited to go to work that's and good. loving what I'm doing. And mm -hmm. that's what's super important to mm -hmm. me. That's so good. Oh, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Beverly, for sharing. That was incredible. And I wanted to just um, give you um, some space here to make some call outs. So if there's a book, if there's um, an organization or nonprofit or products or anything that you would like to share with the listeners, I can go ahead and put it in the show notes, but you can share it here too. Oh, great. Well, um, certainly, you know, being in Citrus County now, and um, I even recruited you to be involved, <laughs> but definitely um, believe in Altrusa mm -hmm. and the um, need for childhood literacy, mm -hmm. um, particularly in Citrus County. As Citrus County begins to evolve, um, we want to make sure that these kids who are coming up in more rural counties have the opportunity to have access to books and um, literacy. Mm -hmm. So definitely appreciate and volunteer my time um, to Altrusa to try to make that happen here in Citrus County. Mm -hmm. And um, I think part of that also is an organization called Blessings. Mm -hmm. And um, Angie, you and I, we pack uh, kits on the weekends. And what that does is provide uh, food for children to take home over the weekend because certainly part of learning is definitely affected by whether you have access to food or if you're concerned about being hungry or distracted by being hungry as a child or where your next meal is coming from. This provides a consistent method for kids to have food over the weekend mm -hmm. and not even just for them, but also for their families. Mm -hmm. So um, definitely believe in those two organizations because I believe that's the foundation of creating successful, healthy children for our future. Mm. Yeah, that's beautiful. And in Citrus County, I think it's like 70% of kids um, qualify for discounted breakfast and lunch, which means there are a lot of, a lot of children that probably don't have food on the weekends. So I'm very grateful to be able to be part of that organization and work with you on, on the blessings front too. So Yeah, and you know, and I think it's such a well-oiled machine. That's mm -hmm. my exposure because having only been exposed now for about eight, nine months, um, it's it's such an easy way. They, they have it down to a science. Mm -hmm. They obviously have the resources. They know where to get the food. They know what kind of food mm -hmm. is able to be to last over the weekend that the kids will eat and um, make it very easy to be a volunteer there and definitely would encourage any contributions to go to them as well. Yeah, and there's also um, organizations throughout because you were part of Blessings in St. Pete yes, as well, right? Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yeah. absolutely. So I think we have to invest in our kids. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm at a point in my life now where 
um, I've raised my child and mm -hmm. was lucky to be able to provide for him. Mm -hmm. um, now I think it's it's time to give back to the community that we live in mm -hmm. and make sure that kids of the future have opportunity to um, have the same success. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> well, Beverly, thank you so much. Um, this has been amazing. And you're, by the way, the first um, interview that I've done in person. Oh, wow. Yes. I'm out of sure. all of these episodes, you were the very first one. So that, <laughs> that has been fun and exciting. Even though, you know, it's interesting because I, um, when I do record them, um, even though the listener only hears the audio, um, the guest and I are on video together. So I always feel like this sense of connection, but being physically in the same space has been like a little bit added, like yeah. a little bit more. Can, I don't know. I felt more giddy. <laughs> But maybe that's just you. Well, I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so true. That's awesome. Uh, well, thank you so much for joining the show. Um, it was definitely very insightful. And hopefully as folks have, are getting back into travel, like they're able to take some of the practical tips that you offered just to hold on to some of the structures they've been able to build for themselves over the past couple of years of having maybe a little bit more time to do that yes. and hold on to those structures and those practices because you can do it while you're on the road too. Hold on to it, protect it. If you like this episode, you can pop it on LinkedIn at Angie Belts McCourt and let me know. And if you really want to say thank you, just please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening. I have an exciting opportunity to share with you, and this has to do with an app that I just recently launched, and it's called Best Self Activation, and you can find it in the App Store as well as on Google Play Store. There is a seven-day free trial, and in this app, you can basically go into subscriptions to get access to literally almost 300 transformational opportunities. So one of the things that I really wanted to focus on here is helping people get back to their best self. And as we are born, we literally have this amazing brilliance, wisdom, talent, gifts, everything is just kind of created into this little treasure chest inside of us. But over time, as we're exposed to the world, and as we're exposed to certain conditioning and programming, we tend to kind of lock away some of our best self in this treasure chest. So what I wanted to do was create an easy and scalable and very affordable way for people to be able to go and unlock their best self and to activate everything that they have to offer in this life. In this app, I go into all the life centers to basically clear out inner barriers, self-limiting beliefs, behaviors, and patterns to unlock the treasure chest that is you. And that is mostly in the transformation subscription. The transformation subscription also includes the foundation subscription. And that path is really all about mindfulness and building mindfulness into every aspect of your life. There are tons of different meditations as well as different new techniques to you that you are going to find absolutely incredibly life-changing that I'm excited for you to go explore. So check it out. You can go to my website to learn more. It's www.angiemccourt.com forward slash best hyphen self hyphen activation. And I will also put this in the show notes. Hit the App Store and Google Play Store and look for Best Self Activation. Go ahead and download it for free, and I hope you enjoy. Thank you, and let me know what you think.